golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on FM 96.9 The Game. Hey, bring me another bucket of balls. We love it. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4. In the house, Holly G, along with the best-dressed Co-host in Orlando, Will Perry. You like my? I, I feel like you're when looking I, so GQ tonight. It's or actually J Crew. J Crew. J Crew. Yeah, I should Ooh. probably be a brand ambassador for them at this point. My whole closet is pretty much J Crew. Yeah, well, you you wear it well, my friend. Thank you. And um, hey, guess what? Do I hear some magical music? <gasps> you do now. Just gives me goosebumps, Will Perry. We're four days away from the first major, the Masters. Personally, my favorite sporting event of the year. There is nothing like it. Oh, love that music. And then Jim Nance comes on with his soft, soft voice with the descriptions. Gene um, Lundquist. Is he even going to be announcing this year? I don't know. Because he retired from basketball, I think, or, or or college football. Well, I would so, still think maybe he would do the Masters Gene Lundquist. Gig, I meant Vern Lundquist. Vern, not Gene. That's yeah, right. I don't know where that came from. But uh, we can't wait. We've got so much golf to talk about tonight. Uh, DJ, consecutive three wins. John Ron gave him a run for his money towards the end as well. Well, it was a, a bomber's fest, wasn't it? It, it was. was, I think, the... The final we were looking forward to mm-hmm. uh, as it shaped up in the quarterfinals. Um, Phil Mickelson going down to Bill Haas. Bill, you know, he is. He's a solid match play player. Oh, man. He's a bulldog. Yeah. He's, he's just, but actually, he's kind of, maybe he's more like a tenacious terrier because he's a little, you know, he's a little quieter, a yeah. little more sneaky, effective. Uh, that would be a good way of describing it, yes. Um, and uh, what were some other surprises? Um, well, good match between Alex Noren and DJ. Mm-hmm. I think we learned a lot about Alex and his game. And, More um, so on a worldwide stage, per se. I mean, he's played well. Well, in the U.S., I guess I should say. Worldwide, he's played well. But And how about Hideto Tanahara, 54th? Never heard of him. Who knew? <laughs> Never heard of him. I'm sure uh, Hideki Matsuyama knows him. Yeah, I'm and apparently sure. uh, quite a you know successful guy on the uh, Japan PGA. Uh, but wow, he has certainly made a name for himself. And again, I think he got into the Masters with his finish. He did. Yeah, he did. And uh, I think that's another exciting part of this WGC event. But a lot of golf. And I, you know, I didn't have a chance to check. Is DJ playing? No, he actually withdrew because remember we were talking about that on Monday. Yeah, a lot of golf. With, he did withdraw. I mean, he played 72 holes on the weekend. Yeah, b- b- major major stuff. And and what a grind. I mean, match play is a grind. Mm-hmm. And the, the matches did not disappoint. Uh, one up and 
two and one in the consolation. I don't know. What do you think about the consolation? I think it's I, nobody watches it. They barely even put it on TV. I mean, I'm not. I, I don't. I wouldn't I even want to play it. Just think if you were those it. guys, you'd be out of gas and yeah. like. Congrats, you made it to the consolation match. Like, I'd rather just leave. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know that part of it. Uh, I'm not so sure, but. Um, certainly it's for money, of course. I mean, yeah. And I think to, you know, keep, um, the telecast a little bit more interesting for the final round, but, uh, DJ, this I think is a grand slam for him in the WGC. He's, he's won all of them now. Yep. He's, uh, he might be what second most victories next to tiger. Second most. That's true. Pretty darn impressive to mm-hmm. say the least. Um, yeah. You know, it's interesting. Actually, you bring that up. He, um, He's only won, well, I shouldn't say only, but what is it, 14 tournaments now? One of which but is one a major. every year. One every year. Pro. But what's interesting about that is one every year, one major last year, of course. He has four WGCs and then two other wins at Pebble Beach and like nothing else. So it's kind of weird how, but it's also awesome how he's played his best in the best events. But he hasn't won a bunch of other tournaments. Like maybe and he probably will go on a run of winning a bunch of other tournaments. But isn't it kind of interesting a little bit? Very, very maybe much that's just so. Me. And hasn't really played well at Augusta. No. Uh, perhaps now that he's really got his putting down, maybe that will be the difference. Well, we all know that he can hit and drive the golf ball well. He didn't put his wedge game and into the green wasn't that great this weekend. Um, but you can be assured that he'll be dialing that in because he's going to be able to just bomb it all over that golf course. Speaking about bombing it, DJ is able to generate a club head speed 9.5 miles per hour faster than the tour average. Pretty quick. I'd say that gives you a bit of uh, an advantage. You know, it'll be interesting to see because I, I think, too, you know, Augusta can be as, as much as they've, as they say, tiger-proofed it. Um, I think that's still a golf course that it's hard to dial back. Uh, and I, I think there could be a tendency for DJ to overpower this course. They t- you know, they've talked about that in the mm-hmm. past, you know, just in terms of the big hitters. Um, you know, Augusta still requires a lot of finesse, and as we know, you've got to be in control of your flat stick. Absolutely. He, um, but, well, and that's the thing. With some of those longer par fours, I mean, he's going to have shorter irons into those greens. I mean, so, you know, you can get yourself out of position for sure on many, many holes, probably every hole. The par fives he'll absolutely be able to take advantage of. The par threes there aren't too long. Um, but, you know, in it's it's always been his putting. I mean, but going back to multiple U.S. Opens that he gave away, you know. Absolutely. Uh, another big victory, another tour event going on simultaneously. Uh, was the Puerto Rico Open last weekend and big win for DA points? Woo! Followed by your your one of your collection of your boys, yes. Bryson DeChambeau finishing second. He did. Now some interesting Orlando connections here, um, and I know one of which you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, I guess uh, his current coach is based Orlando based Tyler McGee. Uh, interestingly, he won uh, DA points, won, um, I think, uh, in 2013, He right? won the shell, yeah. He won the shell, yeah, which is interesting uh, now that he's uh, got a victory coming into this week. 
but he fell uh, victim of, I would say, the um, the the dreaded "if it ain't broke, fix it until it is" and <laughs> went to you know he's bounced around quite a bit town trying to tweak his swing, got a new swing instructor, a new mental coach, and it all went haywire. Something else that's kind of cool, actually, a little shout-out to a couple friends of mine. Um, both Bryson and DA Points were rolling the sick golf putter. That's right. And both of them have just put it in the bag. Um, so I know those guys are super pumped that they finished one, too. Based here in Orlando, actually yeah, based, out at Orange County National. Yeah, based out of Orlando as well. So yeah, I know those golf. guys are really help, happy Yeah, really, that. really great. Um, and, you know, we just love these stories. Uh, DA, this is his third victory on the PGA Tour. Uh, but he's 40 years old, mm-hmm. finding his game. Uh, you just, you know, you love these stories, and I'm sure feeling really good um, coming into this tournament, Shell, as well as the fact that, um, you know. Place he's won before. Yeah, he's won before, but also it gives him some exemptions into other tournaments and takes a little bit of the pressure off, which all these, you know, tournament wins do. So so much just a testament of how if you can just put things together for one week, because all these guys can play, they can all shoot the scores, that any on pretty much any given week, aside from, you know, some tournaments, anybody can pretty much win. And we've got the first major coming up, the LPGA, ANA, formerly called the Dinosaur, happening this Craft week. Nabisco. Yeah, so uh, the first, actually, the women start off with the first major of the season Mm -hmm. for uh, across the tour. So uh, just a ton of golf for us to talk about, including the uh, Shell Houston Open in Humble, Texas. So we've got a packed lineup tonight. Stay tuned. We've got Bob Herrick from ESPN coming up next. And also, as always, we want to mention ShotNavi, our GPS. We're giving one away. Product of the month. Number one GPS in Japan. Now here in the United States. Check them out. ShotNavi.net. You listen to the Golf Insiders 96.9 The Game. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. We're back. The Gulf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with a guy who never shanks it, unlike yours truly, Will Perry. I definitely, Always hitting it straight. I definitely went through my period of hitting the shank. It's the worst. Sure. Why did I even bring that topic I up? I don't know. I really and, wish you hadn't. Uh, tonight, uh, of course, our featured product of the month is Shot Navi. And we're giving one away. Oh, because we love giving away swag. And we're giving away their latest, coolest wearable GPS. It's called the Hug. This is cool. It has a heart rate monitor and an activity tracker all in one convenient device with the GPS. Will, I know you and I both being fitness nuts. Oh, yeah. We, we love this watch, the, the hug. So stay tuned. We're going to give this away, and you just have to stay tuned to see and hear when we do. What caller are you thinking tonight? Oh, Last time we went with seven. We might go with number one. We might make this okay. like you know a shootout. Like who can have the fastest? I'm down with that. Fastest finger on the uh, on the dial. But anyway, speaking of fast and always in touch with everything going on in the golf world, 
We're going to go to Bob Herrig from ESPN.com. Hey, Bob. Hey, Holly. How you doing? Good. Are you at a show this week? No, I'm not. I'm uh, taking the week off. I'm gearing up for uh, the big one next week. I know. We played the music in the opening segment, um, the Masters intro, and just gave me goosebumps. Can't believe we're four days away from the first major. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, you know, we sit there and have a long time to wait from the last major to this one, and and now it's finally almost here. I mean, uh, the year's really been flying by with a lot of different storylines and and uh, some intriguing uh, possibilities for next week. Well, let's talk about first DJ's big win. My gosh, third consecutive. Uh, guy is just on cruise control, Bob. He sure is. Um, you know, I, I never really put a whole lot of stock in in what the match play means for anybody's stroke play success. But when you put that on top of what he had just done at the Mexico tournament and at the Genesis, you know, it's really impressive. I mean, he never trailed in a match. Um, you know, there's something to be said for that. That that means you're doing pretty well. And, uh, you know, making it look easy, like you said. So uh, how that translates to next week is a whole other matter, I think. Uh you know, Dustin's gotten progressively better at Augusta National. He, it really flummoxed him there for a few years. Uh, finally had top ten in the last two years, but he's really not contended. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how, how he handles all this. I mean, he the, the one thing about him is he almost seems immune to all of the chatter. And that's such a great thing if, if that's really the case and if he can put it aside because, you know, it's uh, – We've seen many, many times go into, guys going into the Masters, having won a bunch, you know, being the hottest player. It doesn't always translate. So uh, we'll see how he does, you know. But I, I think you have to really, you have to be really looking at him going in next week, given the way he's playing. Do you think the putting's going to be the difference for him at Augusta? We were talking about that earlier. What do you think's the the, the key difference in his game for yeah, Augusta? I think that that and uh he certainly you know even in even in mexico he he, he won despite not putting well uh so <clears throat> obviously getting some putts to go making those six eight footers that you're going to have but to me the biggest improvement in his game has been his wedge play i mean uh it was amazing to think that <clears throat> he hit the ball so far off the tee but didn't give himself that many birdie opportunities at, at times and uh you know, it's a, he's got a huge advantage how far he hits. You know, if he can if he can dominate the par fives, uh, you know, there's a chance for some rain next week. They're saying, obviously, you you uh, you can't put a ton of stock into that five six days ahead here. But you know, if the course is softened up, that I think that actually helps him because uh, you know the course will play longer, but it won't it won't it won't bother him any. And uh, so uh, it's more to me the wedge play, the, the nine-iron play, taking advantage of his length when he hits a good drive and he puts himself in position. You know, can he hit that shot in there to 8, 10, 12, 15 feet and give himself the looks? Not going to make them all, but you need to make some. Talking to Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. You were mentioning a bit about his wedge game and, and needing to play his short irons well. I mean, He's won despite that even a little bit at in Mexico and as well as the match play. You were kind of t- 
touching on that a tad. I mean, how telling is that just of how good he's playing right now? It's kind of just overall. I mean, it was kind of something that Tiger used to always do, playing with his B game. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously he's getting the ball out there and play enough. I mean, what what what's what's the killer is when when you hit it that far, but you don't have a shot. Uh, so he's obviously doing well off the tee. He's giving himself plenty of chances uh, and, and plenty of good looks at the at the green. Uh, and then you know, can you hit it close enough? I you know I. I don't sense that he was all that happy with with how well he's hitting those shots, but but he's done so much better at that. I think it's all relative. I mean, uh, he's he's clearly making enough birdies to to offset any other issues. And uh, you know, when he's in, in Mexico, he was hitting irons off tees, and uh, you know, he he dominated a short golf course that wasn't really to his style. And Augusta is a different animal. You know, that's uh, nearly 7,500 yards. and uh, It should play right into his hands if he's getting off the tee. And then he takes advantage of the spots where he gives himself that advantage. Uh, uh, you know, being able to place your ball in the green below the hole, give yourself a, a, a putt that you don't have to scare yourself to death over, putting downhill. You know, that all that is about your positioning. And, and then your, your distance control. And, uh, you know, I, I would say in general he's, he's doing pretty well at that. And as you noted, it's not even as good as it could be. Bob, you know, that's something that I've got my eye on, and it would be very interesting uh, because it seems that Augusta, you know, it really boils down to veteran play, especially come Sunday. Uh, but this John Rom, he just, you know, I guess somewhat like Jordan, just you know, seems to have the game and you know control beyond his his years at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. Uh, you know, he he doesn't show a whole lot of fear, does he? Uh, you he know, certainly he, didn't against got, DJ, <laughs> both in Mexico I mean, and last no, week. No, and that's that's the beauty of the young player today. I mean. <laughs> They come out ready to go. You know, they're, they're not coming out, uh, you know, expecting to take their licks for a year or two and ease their way into it. Uh, some of these guys are seasoned already. Um, you know, experience means a lot at Augusta, though, and, and as we've seen, they're, you know, the, the, the first-time winners or the, 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 the guys who do well early, and those are, that's rare, but yet, He's got the perfect example in Jordan Spieth, who in his first Masters finished second, and in his second Masters won, and nearly won again last year. So, you know, um, these guys are, today are so good, and they learn so quickly that, you know, perhaps that stuff uh, is overrated. At least it is if you're really, really good and playing well. Uh, and a guy who shows no fear uh, like him now, you know, we'll see. Is he is he ever dealt with greens that are that treacherous? And 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 you know, it 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 doesn't take much to make a double around there. And uh, you know, the history shows you, you can't really make a lot of those and, and expect to win. So, uh, in fact, I think there's some stat where over the last ten years, seven of the winners did not have anything worse than a bogey. That's pretty amazing because you know how easy it is to make a double around there. And uh, so it's, uh, you know, I always sort of am a little leery of, of, of the newer guys, but 
But if you wanted to pick one, it's hard to go against John Robb. Well, it's uh, going to be an exciting week as always. Uh, it seems every year we get to this point and the drama is building and there's so many possibilities. It's going to be very fun Masters week. Thank you, Bob, so much and uh, uh, have a great week at Augusta. Thanks a lot. Take care. You're listening to the Golf Insiders 96.9 The Game. Stay with us. We're going to be giving away a shot, Navi, GPS, wearable. Caller number one. Not yet, though. Stay tuned. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, that's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble. Won't pay the price. I love my muni. I think it's nice. just make Back, the Golf Insiders in the house, Holly G, along with Will Perry, again featuring our product of the month, Shot Navi, giving away some swag to our listeners tonight. We've got their latest wearable watch, GPS, the hug, and uh, this is really cool because it's a heart rate monitor, an activity tracker, and GPS all in one. So if you want that GPS along with all your fitness numbers, stay tuned. We'll be giving it away soon. But, hey, you got to stay tuned. Speaking of which, we're going to go straight to the Shell Houston Open and check in from the media center with Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel. Hey, Todd. Hey, Holly. How are you? Well, we are just uh, talking that we're four days away from the Masters. We were playing the music in our intro, and it just gave me goosebumps, Todd. Lot, lot of story shaping up here. And, um, you know, one thing that's interesting, Phil Mickelson, I think, playing pretty well at the WGC. And one thing about Phil, he's one of those guys, he plays right up to the Masters. So playing in the tournament this week and weekend, um, what, do you, what do you think about, about Phil teeing it up well, before the Masters? He's confident with his golf swing. Uh coach and his team have been working hard on it. He feels like it's technically and mechanically about as good as it's ever been, and he's already in the World Golf Hall of Fame. So that says a lot about what him and Andrew Getson and the rest of the guys have been working on. Andrew Getson is a swing coach. And so um, from a confidence perspective, mechanically, I think he feels pretty good. Um, so, you know, he, you're right. He did have a nice little run in Austin, Texas, um, and he has been playing well so far, but what Phil needs now, and I think that is missing from him, that he could easily grab again, is finishing a tournament. Um, playing well and winning are two different things. Um, they're, and Phil obviously has done it many, many times on the PGA Tour, but he hasn't won since 2013. And I'm just curious where the confidence of finishing a golf tournament is right now with Phil Mickelson. Um, you know, does he have confidence that he can do that? Given it's just good, it's been just about four years since he's done, since he's finished the tournament. Um, so that's the thing that I think may be missing. But I, I would not be surprised if he at some point is leading at the Masters, or at least on the first page of the leaderboard. Because no matter how he's playing, he said this many times. Whenever he goes down Magnolia Lane, there's a different energy that enters his body. And somehow he captures that magic that has had him win multiple green jackets so far in his career. 
No doubt about it. And I just had the chance to see the Faraday interview Monday night. It was replayed. Uh, and, boy, I can't recommend that enough to really get, you know, some insight into Phil and how he works his way around the golf course. Uh, it was an amazing interview. I, you know, I didn't see all – there were two parts, and I didn't see both parts. But, uh, yes, I, I, I wasn't shocked by anything that, that I saw from the first part <laughs> because I, I know Phil, and you're right. He is very much an analytical – Oh, my uh, God. When he yeah, was talking very, about how he cranks it down to, you know, the yard. The half yard. Oh, my God. Yes, he can – yes, he's very analytical. Uh, not only when it comes to his mechanics and his swing, but when it comes to his equipment, uh, when it comes to scheduling – when it comes to just about everything off the golf and, and diagnosing what is the best brand for him. Um, so, yes, the, he he's probably the – if you compare his talent to his brain, he's probably thinkers on and off the golf course that we've ever had uh, in, in the game of golf. Well, you know, a pretty decent field here for the Shell – um, mm-hmm. Ricky Fowler in the group, John Rahm, who, you know, we've been talking about, um, for the last half hour in terms of how he finished and what a great match he gave DJ. You've got Henrik Stenson, Adam Scott, um, you know, in- interesting mix here. Justin Rose, who probably all, I, you know, you always say, gee, you know, is it a jinx if they play well going into the masters or who do you think really needs to get the momentum going here? You know, I think Adam Scott needs some momentum, and uh, and I say that because a he's a past champion, and b he hasn't played a lot of competitive golf in 2017. I'm just going on memory, but I think he's played. Uh, he played in Mexico City. He played in Los Angeles at Riviera, and I think that's it. He skipped Austin, Texas, and again, I'm just going on memory. But I think usually he has more competitive reps and rounds under his belt before he goes to Augusta. And, you know, oftentimes he's won. Um, yeah, I, I just think he just needs to get – he doesn't have to win. I'm not saying he needs to win, but I think he needs a good week. A top ten would do Adam Scott some some good just just to feel a little more confident and comfortable on a golf course competitively as he ramps up, toward, uh, up towards Augusta. Can you touch on how – this golf course typically helps players prepare for the Masters. I mean, what are you seeing out there this week? It's something that's routinely talked about. Well, it, the, hats off to the Houston Golf Association and the Shell Houston Open. They understood exactly where they stood in the schedule. And because of that, in, in an effort to try to attract these world-class players like Adam Scott, Jordan Spieth, Henrik Stenson, Justin Rose, some that you just mentioned, they try to mimic as best they can um, the situations at Augusta National. Now, when I say that, you know, they try to get the greens, and they will be rolling at about 12 and a half, which is on the stamp, which is far above tour average, which is about 11 to 11 and a half. So they're going to be fast. Um, also, what they do is they have a lot of shaved banks and collection areas, hardly any rough, um, much like at Augusta National, not heavy rough, but, you know, stuff that, you know, that won't catch a ball if it's a wayward shot and could end up into trouble. That that has over the years attracted some great players who want to see this as kind of a a, a diet Augusta <laughs> and a way to tune up for next week's Masters. And I think they've done a great job at it. Um, you know, also in the mix here, Patrick Reed, um, I Jimmy Jimmy Walker, J.B. Holmes. 
Daniel Berger, who, you know, there was a lot talked about him at the, the WGC. But, you know, Ricky, having been on a pretty good start so far, I think five top 15 finishes in his uh, six starts, plus winning the Honda. Um, you know, I think he's one of the guys we'd love to see break through. And I think anybody that's won so far this year, I, I think that they go to Augusta National with much more confidence than those, obviously, who haven't, um, because they have a recent memory of what it's like to hold a championship trophy. Now, it wasn't a major championship trophy, but still, you went on the PGA Tour, you're on the world's greatest tour, and you generally are going to have a really, really strong field that you're going to have to beat. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think that, that that's what you need to look at. I mean, just, I mean, look at Mark Leishman. He's a perfect example. He won there in Bay Hill. Absolutely. Uh, and Mark, you know, he, he's had a really solid career, a couple of wins, this second win. And so he is able to go now to Augusta National with the memories, these recent memories of winning over what was the strongest not PC field on the PGA Tour this season. And he can say to himself, you know, hey, that you know, outside of a World Golf Championship, that's the best on tour so far this year, and I beat them all. Um, and so you compare that to, and I'm not picking on, you know, anybody, but just like a, fir- a couple first-time winners like Mackenzie Hughes, who won the RSM Classic in the fall. You know, what's he going? He's going to be wide-eyed or, or William McGirt, same way his first one. You know, he won in May. And McKenzie won last fall, but, but Mark's got recent memory of, you know, just a few weeks ago where he's won. And I think that's a big, big benefit for guys who are going to Augusta National who, A, who haven't been very often or who haven't been either at all or haven't been in a few years. Yeah, and uh, that could be a great uh, story, too, for Mark Leishman, given uh, the fact that it was on the eve of the 2015 Masters, which he had qualified for, that he had to leave abruptly due to, you know, his wife uh, taking ill with, Seriously ill with that toxic shock syndrome. Uh, so, you know, this is a, a nice redo for him. Mm-hmm. I agree. Who do you look uh, to win the trophy this weekend, Todd? You know, it's, again, it's hard to say. You know, this has actually been a tournament where a lot of first-time winners have come from just last year. Jim Herman uh, was able to win, actually, one of the guttiest performances uh, with Henrik Stenson already in the clubhouse, and he piped what was the longest drive of the day on 18. Uh, which was the 72nd hole and was able to hold on and win. Um, so it, this is this is one of those that's hard to predict um, with you know with form. But actually, that I think that makes it interesting because there is only one ticket that could, that is going to be punched, and that is going to go to the winner uh, who is not already exempt. And right now there are 29 players in the field of the 90 plus already at Augusta National or in the Masters that are here in this field. So 29 players that will play in this week will play next week. And that there are 144 in the field, so let's see if my math is correct. So there's 115 players trying to win this tournament and trying to get that spot at Augusta National, an invitation to the Masters. So, I, you know, that I think those emphasis, the 29 in the field this week are trying to round it, build some momentum, the word that they like to use, is trending as they're going to Augusta. Sure, they'd love to win. I'm not discounting that. But these other guys, they got to let it all hang out if indeed they want to drive down Magnolia Lane and play the first major championship of 2017.
Well, we can't wait, and we can't wait for the Masters to start next week and the wall-to-wall coverage that we know Golf Channel is going to be plugging us into. As always, Todd, we thank you so much, and we look forward to uh, next week. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun this weekend next week. All right. Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel. You're listening to the Golf Insiders 96.9 The Game. Stay with us. More golf talk coming up. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Back, the Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4. Wrapping up an hour of Intelligent Golf Talk. And now, I know you've been waiting. We're giving away, courtesy of Shot Navi, our product of the month, the best GPS for the price now here in the United States. Two caller, yes, we said it. Get ready. Trigger finger. Caller number one, 407 916 Call now to get your Shot Navi GPS wearable watch. And um, I don't know if you've seen the trailer for this. I saw the trailer. Uh, First time the other night on Golf A really cool movie coming out. It is a golf movie, but it's way more than that, I would say. Uh, They did a preview as well as um, a promotional video for it during the WGC. They've been running ads like crazy on the Golf Channel. The movie is called Tommy's Honor, and it's a a fantastic story about old Tom Morris and young Tom Morris, who uh, many know were the first family of modern golf over in Scotland in the 1800s. And it's really... um, a fantastic... I'm going to go ahead and throw the trailer up on Twitter for us, Yeah, um, you know, a <laughs> story. And I got a chance to talk to the producer, Keith Bank, a little bit earlier today. We're going to play that for you right now. It's a pleasure to have Keith Banks, the producer of Tommy's Honor, on the show today to tell us about this amazing movie, uh, not just a golf movie, a very compelling story about really the first family of golf. Welcome to the show, Keith. Thank you so much for having me on. Greatly appreciate it. This is opening April 14th. I know you uh, mentioned before we went on air that you just came from a a premiere at the World Golf Hall of Fame up in Jacksonville, a few short uh, hours from here. Tell us how that went. Uh, It was fantastic. Um, You know, the World Golf Village is is a neat place to have any premiere, especially at the IMAX Theater. And when you walk into the lobby, there's a statue of uh, old Tom Morris to greet you outside. So very uh, appropriate. And uh, Jim Furyk was nice enough to be our kind of celebrity guest and kind of hosted the evening and had a few other tour players and VIPs there. So it was really exciting. We had a full house. Everybody really seemed to enjoy the film. And we have similar, uh, much larger events actually coming up on April 12th in New York City and in April 13th in Chicago uh, in advance of our April 14th nationwide release. Well, I know uh, many may be familiar with old Tom Morris, who is considered the father of modern golf. But uh, this is really quite an intimate and intriguing true story, I might say, about old Tom Morris and his son, his, his firstborn son, 
and um, really, you know, sort of the struggles in the relationship, but also uh, young Tom, who became quite a renowned golfer. Yeah, young Tommy was really people, you know, very few people know much about old Tom, and almost nobody knows anything about young Tom, but he was the Tiger Woods of his day. He was this dashing young man, uh, longest hitter, uh, fantastic player, still the youngest major champion of all time at age 17, and he kind of took on a system. Um, His father uh, was the local club maker and ball maker and caddy master and kind of kowtowed to the gentlemen of the RNA, and Tommy was a bit of a rebel and said, you know, people are coming to watch me play and I should hold the money and give the gamblers a little piece of the winnings instead of the other way around. And really, uh, you know, all the modern golfers and athletes owe a huge debt of gratitude for him because he was really the first guy that stood up and said, uh, pay me, you know, what I'm worth. Well, and uh, a lot of this comes out in the film. And in addition to uh, delving into the relationship between old Tom and young Tom, there's a lot of other very interesting Universal themes, uh, class struggle, family issues, uh, love between a man and a woman, familial love, uh, tragedy, all kinds of you know themes that golfers and non-golfers alike can all relate to. Yeah, and, and back in that day, like you mentioned, there was betting, and uh, a lot of these matches could turn into boxing matches. Yeah, it was really uh, one town against another, so these were kind of traveling circuses. The best golfers from Musselboro would pay a visit to St. Andrews, or they'd go to North Barrick, or go to Prestwick, and um, the, the local townsmen would bet on their uh, local heroes, and the players would get a piece of the winnings. And, uh, you know, there was a little bit of drinking involved and a lot of gambling involved, and it was pretty raucous to say, uh, you know, markedly different from the game as we know it today. Now, speaking of that, this was filmed in Scotland, of course, the birthplace of golf. And uh, from what I've seen from the trailers and, and some of the reviews, uh, great cinematography as well as uh, in, in, in terms of how you recreated golf back in the 1800s, it should make a lot of us pause to even imagine how these guys played with hickory sticks. I've had the opportunity to do that, and uh, I, I don't know how the guys ever got the, the ball airborne. Yeah, it was quite challenging. As a matter of fact, one of the interesting things we did as part of the movie we hired a film crew to come over and do a behind the scenes piece on the making of the movie and what went into it and we did a little segment with jordan spieth and his father sean dressed up in the garb of the morris era and had them play with hickory sticks and get a perch of balls and talk about their father-son relationship and what it would have been like to play back in the day and you know jordan i think the exact words were I, i gained just a bit more respect for those boys back in the day you know, after trying to swing in that woolen suit and, uh, you know, hit hit with that club and those balls. So uh, very challenging. It's remarkable. I, I Also, the women that used to play in those long skirts, I don't know how they managed to do that. Uh, yep. Both, uh, both the men and women were, were hooked on the game back in that day for sure. Uh, tell, tell me a little bit about the director is Jason Connery, son of Sean Connery. Yeah, so Jason is a... Uh, classically trained actor, acted for the first 20 or so years of his career, and in the last few years he started directing. And uh, when we were looking for, you know, the right person, uh, we wanted someone who could relate to the subject matter. He grew up on a golf course with his father, Sean, and grew up playing the game. He also was born and raised in Scotland uh, in his early years. And, uh, you know, he did just a fantastic job, and one of the things, uh, we discussed at length early on is we didn't want to make this about hitting a bunch of putts and drives and 
people watching Golf Shots who really wanted to delve into the characters. And Jason did just an amazing job of bringing you into the lives and thoughts of these very complex characters. Um, and I think that's what makes the film so interesting. While golf but sports is the backdrop, it really isn't a pure golf movie. It's uh, a movie about people who just so happen to play golf as their uh, pastime and for their living. Well, I think we've seen some great movies like that that have come out recently. It makes me think of Hidden Figures, for instance, um, you know, a, a great story. And I, I think people will find this uh, an amazing movie, like you said, that just happens to have golf as as the backdrop. Um, tell, tell me a little bit about the actors. Sure. So uh, the two lead characters are uh, Peter Mullen, who plays old Tom. Peter is a very classically trained Scottish actor, won a whole bunch of awards over in the U.K., a little bit lesser known here in the States, but uh, just an amazing, amazing talent. Uh, Jack Loudon plays young Tom, and he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, people will probably recognize his face. Uh, he was the star of a 10-part miniseries, War and Peace, that came out about uh, 9 to 12 months ago, and he's also got a major role in the upcoming Dunkirk uh, war film directed by Christopher Nolan of uh, Batman fame. But uh, Jack really steals the show. I mean, he, he's I mean, the story is really you know more about young Tom than old Tom, although they both are a key in, in the story. And then to round out the other lead cast, uh, Ophelia Levivon plays uh, young Tom's wife. She's a fantastic actress. She's been in Guardians of the Galaxy and uh, several other major films. And then the head of the RNA, Alexander Boothby, is played by Sam Neill, who most people probably know from Jurassic Park and maybe from The Piano, you know, a very recognizable face. So it was a Mix. We wanted to make sure we had Scottish and English actors. We didn't want to bring a bunch of Americans over and have them put on fake Scottish accents. We wanted to really do everything authentic from the from the acting to the equipment to the scenery, the locations, costumes, hair, makeup, and uh, you know, cause it has to be believable. And uh, you know, early returns are that people find it to be extremely believable. Well, I think it will. Not only people like myself that have been in the golf industry, you know, give us, um, you know, some deep history and background of the game and particularly about these amazing pioneers, you know, father and son. Uh, But also, like I mentioned, I think a lot of non-golfers or those that are uh, related to golfers to understand why this game is so compelling and why people get hooked on it. Yeah, and there's a lot of tradition, too, that comes up. This is really where the game, you know, all started, and a lot of the things we take for granted in the modern game are uh, highlighted in the film, and I don't want to give away any surprises, but I think there's going to be quite a few aha moments for golfers to say, wow, I didn't realize that's where that came from, but there are also a lot of aha moments for non-golfers. My wife, for instance, is not a golfer at all, she probably pointed out four or five different things in the film to me to say, wow, I found that so interesting that, uh, you know, this is, you know, where this custom came from. And, and she's not really, you know, a follower of the game at all. So the film is tested uh, very well with non-golfers, very well with women and, and extremely strongly with golfers. We're talking to Keith Bank, the producer of Tommy's Honor that opens April 14th. It's going to be here in Orlando at the Winterplex uh, Cinema. And uh, a final question, Keith. I know you've been asked this a few times, but I found it very interesting. 
Uh, you're a Chicago investment banker by background. Um, I know you're a member of Con- actually a, a venture capitalist, not but, an investment banker. Okay, all right. I say I corrected. Uh, a member at Conway Farms Golf Club there in the Windy City, which a lot of people are probably familiar with. But uh, for those listening, especially we have a lot of young um, aspiring um, movie makers here in Orlando who attend the Full Sail uh, School University. Uh, how did you get involved in this passionate project? You know, it was really a fluke. Uh, I produced another film 28 years ago and swore I would never do it again. And uh, I was contacted about three and a half years ago by a mutual friend who said, there's somebody I'd like you to meet. And I said, what about? He said, he's got an idea for a film project. And I said, no, thank you. That's not what I do. He called me again a couple weeks later and said, I, you know, I really think you should meet with this guy. And I said, thank you, but I'm still not interested. And the, the third time I kind of relented and, and took a meeting with my now producing partner, Jim Kurtzer, who went on to tell me he had optioned the rights to the book, Tommy's Honor, and just asked me to, to read it and, and tell him what I thought. And I uh, voraciously read the book over the next couple of days and thought it was not only the best golf book I'd ever read, but one of the best books I had read at all. Uh, it was a fascinating interview. We ran a little long on it, Will. But um, to say, again, it opens April 14th, which is a Friday. It will be uh, at a number of uh, theaters here in Orlando and nationwide. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing it. Really, uh, I think it's going to be an awesome movie. And uh, definitely check it out. All right. We've got a minute left. Who are you picking? Ricky Fowler. Ooh, Ricky Fowler. I did my homework on that one. I know. That's a good pick. Um... Who am I? You can't take two. Or, all right, I want him to get his mojo going. I'm going with Jordan Spieth. Okay, we're out of here. Golf Insiders. Bye bye. <laughs>